Hey everybody, welcome back to Kicks and Picks Podcast. We are knee-deep in the World Cup. We're bringing you another episode in our series of Everything World Cup, and today we will be previewing Team Canada. We have the most special guest, Angelo Zada, here with us, and he is going to break down everything about this team. So, Angelo, thank you so much for joining us, dude. What's going on? I'm doing not too bad. I'm counting down the hours till the big dance here, and thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. So, Nick and Scotty with you as always. Let's get right into it, man. Talk to us about this Canada roster. Um, is the 26-man squad about what you expected, or were there any surprises? Uh, what do you think? Uh, to be honest, there's no real surprises for me. Like when they were doing the CONCACAF qualifying cycle, they basically have the same squad from the last couple of years till now. So not a real huge surprise is going on. It's not like Canada's like full of death anyway. So it is what it is. So it's like I said, John Herdman, he's been riding with these guys for the last two years. So it's the same squad or total team now. So we'll see what happens with them. <laughs> No, love it. Um, so, you know, you mentioned they've kept kind of that same squad together over the the whole cycle here. How do you figure, you know, this team is a little bit different than teams of the past, right? This is one of the few teams that made the World Cup. Um, you know, what, what's kind of pushed them over the edge to not only qualify, but to, to win the qualifying group? I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. For sure. Well, it definitely helps having an Alfonso Davies on your team and a Jonathan David, like having like two world-class players, like, on your roster like before like the last five like say five years ago like Canada's players they would be playing in Europe but they'd be playing second division Bundesliga second division in Spain or in England right and now with the emergence of the MLS that's made a pipeline too for the Canadian players to actually get playing minutes because before in Canada there wasn't a real step from like once you like U17 U19 there was no in between from that to the MLS. So a lot of Canadian players got lost in that cycle. So since uh, Toronto got a team in 2007 in the MLS, it's been like 15 years in the making now to finally have a decent Canadian team. And with some investments, it's helped a long way. Yeah, I think that's actually pretty similar to what we were talking about in our, our U.S. podcast, where it's like we, the emergence of these top-level talent for the, these two countries, U.S. And, and Canada, they're now kind of showing up in these top leagues and, uh, you know, it's helping them develop, you know, that extra bit. You know, you're, you're playing against better competition. You're practicing against better competition. You're getting world-class coaching, you know, during your club season, in addition to when you are with your national team. Uh, and you're, we're starting to see it pay dividends now. And, and I think the hope is that it just continues to progress in this direction in these two well, I think it's not just U.S. and Canada too, but you know, as a general, all the CONCACAF teams, there's maybe more opportunity for them to be a competitive when you get to the world stage, like the World Cup. No, I totally agree. So I'm sorry you you mentioned um, you know the depth is a little bit of an issue, and I think that's a refreshing take compared to a lot that I've seen. Um, you know, what what position do you really view as a strength for this squad, and it, what position is maybe the biggest worry? Well. Uh... I think our strength is up front. Like just watching when you watch Canada play, they played not to lose. Like they played to win. Like the game against Uruguay there, even though they were down two nothing against them, they were still pressing. They were still pushing forward, trying to catch them on the counter, right? So I think Canada they're stacked up there. 
They finished off the CONCACAF qualifying with 23 goals. And I think their weakness for them is obviously their back line. Like they, most of their players, they're decent, but they play in the MLS. So they're not facing that competition, say like in Europe, but they don't have that Champions League pedigree. They're not used to the pressure and the bright light. So definitely the back end is going to be a bit of concern. And the game against uh, Japan yesterday, actually, and the Uruguay, Canada got burnt on a few set pieces. And you make one mistake, then you know these guys are going to get burnt. So they have to play. They have to ball for a full ninety minutes to defensive unit, like to get a clean sheet, which I think might be a bit hard for this side to do, mm-hmm. especially with uh, Croatia and Belgium in the group. For sure, no. So I think that's fair, and um, you know, we, you know, you mentioned right off the bat a couple of the players, right, David. Davies, Laren, I think those are pretty much household names at this point. Um, who, if anybody, do you do you see as a potential breakout star on this team? Maybe somebody that people are not as familiar with. Uh, well, one name we should keep an eye on is Ismail Kone. He's a young player, plays for CF Montreal. He's 20 years old. He just made his Canadian debut this year. He has five caps and he actually scored in the friendly against Bahrain there. Yeah, um, I saw on that terrible pitch too, like to yeah. keep his composure and not, not break his own ankle. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know I love this website. I hate to plug a website here, but transfer market. And a year ago, he was only valued at 50,000. Now he's worth 6 million. So he's definitely getting some buzz and I think he's attracting some eyeballs in Europe. So we'll see what happens to him. And I don't know. I'm pretty sure a team in the Serie A could use him uh, in the midfield for sure. A nice young talent. Yeah, I, I could think of one or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you think, is he a starter on the team right now, or is he a guy that's going to be coming off the bench? He'll probably be coming off the bench, but I think he should get the start. Just on a young guy like that, there's just so much potential in him. And I think just with the group he's surrounded with in the midfield with Davies, Tejon Buchanan, and he's a fast kid too. So like up front, like I think that he would just mesh well together with Canada's attack, to be honest. So I would love to see him in the top in the starting 11. I don't know if Herdman will do that. We'll see how the tournament plays out. Yeah. I think we had Kone uh, highlighted as well as Eustachio as our, our difference makers for, for Canada mm-hmm. midfield in this, this world cup. Yeah. He's been on fire for Porto, especially the last few games in the champions league there. A few assists here and there, and a goal, I believe he scored. I think he's got two goals in the Champions League this this yeah. year. He's picked up a couple. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that um, you know, I, I'm sorry, I should backtrack. I think Scotty and I see a lot of similarities between this team and the U.S. team. Uh, one place where I feel that Canada has a pretty big leg up. Uh, I'd like to see if you agree with me. Tell us a little bit about the coach. Ah, uh, well, John Herdman, what a we're so lucky to have him, to be honest. Like, he's he started on the women's team, actually, coaching. He actually started in New Zealand first before coming to Canada, and he actually led Canada to two to two bronze medals in the Olympics in 2012 and 2016. And then he became the coach of the Canadian men's side in 2018, and that's when things started turning around. And after 47 games he's managed, he's picked up 32 victories for for Canada, which is just great. I know we're playing CONCACAF. We played mostly CONCACAF teams, but still to have that winning percentage and bring in that new mentality, that's just huge for us. It really is. I mean, 
don't say it like it's easy. We we've seen, you know, our teams go down to like Costa Rica or Honduras playing these <laughs> hostile away matches and it's almost impossible to get a result. So, I mean, that, that record's pretty outrageous. Mm-hmm. Well, I still remember the CONCACAF Gold Cup. They lost, I think, in the quarterfinals to Haiti there, like in 2019. I'm still not over that. <laughs> yeah, but... we've all had those heartbreaks, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, no, so that's a great story. And like you said, just um, to level up with that mentality, that's you know exactly what you want going into a tournament like this. So definitely think that's a, a strength of this team. Um, one of the difficult moments or what difficult things must have been in that draw for you guys. So, you know, what do you think the group is with uh, Belgium, Croatia and Morocco? What, what were your thoughts when you saw that group? Oh, we're screwed <laughs> at first, but um, no, but then when you really kind of break it down, like I see Belgium, Croatia, I'm not comparing them to Canada, but I see all three teams having the same kind of strengths and weakness, both having like great attacking and then on defense, Defense could be a little bit suspect. So there is a puncher's chance Canada could get it done. And like speaking of CONCACAF teams like Costa Rica, they were able to get far in 2014, I believe, to the quarterfinals there. So like you just never know in these tournaments. And with the tournament being like in the middle of like the camp, like European seasons, like who knows what's going to go on, right? And if these players are all really healthy or banged up or whatever. So there's a lot of variables to be included, but I think Canada will be all right. <laughs> like after a few days of processing it. <laughs> yeah. I'll hype up Canada a little bit here because I think, <laughs> listen, I, I don't want to disrespect, you know, uh, Belgium and Croatia. They've both been pretty successful in, in different levels of, you know, euros and, and world cup in, in recent cycles. But I think you're catching both teams at a good time where they both appear to be kind of at the end of their mm-hmm you know, current squad getting through. Um, so there's definitely an age there. We saw already with Belgium, you know, they lost to Egypt today and they're friendly two to one with a pretty strong lineup. Most of their, their key players were in that. So I think if there actually was a time for Canada to kind of make a little bit of a splash, it's kind of against this scenario where you have two bigger name teams that are really well-respected in Europe, but are maybe at the end of their cycle of, you know, where their current squad is set up. So there's definitely an opportunity to pick off wins here. I we said it during our world cup preview that I like how Canada's style of play here kind of matches up. And especially with a team like Belgium, where their back line is going to be a little bit slower. Um, so there's going to be space for them to run behind and, and players like Davies uh, or David um, can, can certainly cause them a lot of trouble. So I think there's definitely a opportunity for, for Canada to score goals in this. It's just a matter of whether their defense can kind of hold up against probably the, the you know, a little more tactically minded midfield and attackers from, from that, Belgium and Croatian squads. So let's let's give the people what they came here for, right? Let's put that in <laughs> in terms of numbers. Uh, Canada is actually a long shot to win the group. They're plus one thousand to win the group. Either you think they have a shot to pull that off? Uh, heck no! I think I have a better chance uh, going on a date with Marissa Tomei tonight than Canada <laughs> winning the group. <laughs> so I don't think they're going to finish first. I they might finish second. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it. this is a cheap answer, but I think, you know, it depends on their first game, right? They, they play Belgium in their first matchup Wednesday afternoon. Uh, a win there, I think, certainly would almost make them the favorites to win their group because I, I can definitely see them getting a result against Canada or not against, okay. Canada, against Croatia. All right, let's, um, let's tie that in. Let's tie that in. So they're currently uh, plus 600. They're a big underdog in that match. Is it better chance that you take that bet and plus 600 to win the game? 
or are you going to ride fully at that long shot at plus 1000? Uh, I don't know that I would take them at plus 600. I, I think you could definitely take them in a draw no bet or a plus goal, plus goal and a half situation, but uh, that might be the better money. I'm just saying, I think if we're talking about does Canada have a chance at winning this, this, this group, anything can happen in this first game, Belgium, again, like I said, not looking super sharp. If you're going to look at this Egypt result as any sort of indication. So I, I think there might be more of a chance than what, maybe even Angela is giving them credit for uh, because I, I could see a theoretical upset in this first game uh, that kind of tips this group on its head. Angela, yeah, what do you I think? Agree. Yeah, I, I agree with Scotty. Like it's, you know what, there might be a chance like Belgium, you know what, just take them lightly and don't expect Canada to come up flying. There's always that possibility. They take them light and Canada comes with a miracle victory, but yeah, I'm with Scott too. Like I, I've been looking at the double chance bet. So for them to win or draw, it's plus money. And then even just to take him on the goal and a half too. Because I think they'll keep, if they're Canada's going to lose, I think they'll keep it still competitive. I don't think they'll get blown out. So looking at it right now, plus a goal and a half is minus 180. I think that's a actually a pretty decent number. Yeah, it is. I like, I try betting under like 175 that range, but sure. I guess if you like a bet, just bet it, right? Like who cares what the number is, right? No, and I think we're with you. We we definitely subscribe to that. We always try to keep it in that 150 or better range. But yeah, um, to squeeze a little bit extra out of it, like you said, it's uh, it's the World Cup, man. It comes around yeah. once in a blue moon. So lay low. Oh, yeah, and I've never seen Canada play in the World Cup before. I'm only 35 <laughs> years old. So I was born in 87. So <laughs> this is totally new to me. <laughs> That's it, man. Give yeah. it a little extra juice. So I, I do like that bet for what it's worth. Um and, you know, maybe a little more palatable number to qualify out of the group currently plus 275, uh, you know, a little more realistic. How do you feel about that? Can they squeeze out second place? I think they can. I think it's possible. Like we said, uh, depends on the game against Belgium. If they get a result there, then all they really need is to draw, like, say, Croatia, Morocco to get five points. I think that five points would do it to get to the knockout stages to be honest um yeah i don't know i i did do a parlay croatia and canada to both advance at uh plus 2800 or 1400 sorry yeah yeah i think that's actually a really good number i'd be excited about that number if i was a uh, you know rooting for canada in the world cup unfortunately I live in a different country, so I have to support them for now. <laughs> but um, I think that's a really good number for those people because I, I definitely see a, a chance for that to happen. If there was some way to get an odds for Canada to beat either Belgium or Croatia, I'm guessing that will be plus money. I would definitely take that because I think they do knock off one of those two two squads. Um, and then it just comes down to that last game against Morocco. And if if you're coming into that last game was that maybe being a deciding factor. I think there's a lot of uh, momentum there and, and they can certainly get that result. I mean, they did win the CONCACAF qualifiers, right? They were the top qualifying yep. team. So they've proven that they can do this on a, a you know, multiple times and it's, it's not just a fluke. So uh, I think we got to give them a little bit more credit and I, I don't think the bookies are, I think they're, they're, they're kind of short shorting uh, Canada a little bit in terms of what they're capable of. I think that's more than fair. Um, so Right now, currently, they're unless uh, something is drastically wrong. I, last I saw, they're uh, plus two twenty on the money line against Morocco. I think that's a downright disrespectful number. Um, I mean, 
you guys may have different thoughts, but do you think that game is their best shot to get a result? I mean, is that the is that where we should put all our chips down if we were to say, hey, you know, where where are they going to do it? Where's the value? Is it that Morocco game? Uh, see, I'm kind of maybe overthinking it, but if somehow Canada somehow gets two wins in their first two games, then that last game against Morocco might not matter, right? So, like, are Canada going to start their starting eleven or? Who knows? Or like I said before, if they if they're sitting at four points and just need a point to qualify, maybe they just park the bus and sit eleven men deep, which I highly doubt they'll do. But just play for that draw. Like it, it all kind of depends what they do in the first few games. If this was the if Canada was playing Morocco like the first match day, I would be all over Canada on the money line. But since it's like the last game in their group, it's kind of hard for me to to like click the Canada on the money line for now. Okay. That, no, I appreciate that answer, Scotty. I want your thoughts. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. It's just, again, I, I think I would like to see how things shake out maybe in the first first game or two uh, before I go go in on that. Because, um, again, maybe, like you said, if they if they don't really need that game, and they may be more in it for Morocco than, than Canada. But that's also a long shot itself. Uh, yes. So I, I do think that's probably their best game to get a result. Obviously, those are the two teams that are, you know, predictably not – uh, or predicted to not advance. So, you know, if, if you're looking for pride for, for either of those teams, those that's the match to get it. But um, let's see how things shake out against Belgium first. So, so Scotty knows me. He knows my philosophy when it comes to things like this. Like I, I see a number like that, that I love. I just take it and I don't think twice. Right. So right. you said uh, you gave the best case scenario. Well, in that scenario, this money line moves drastically in the wrong direction for us right it's all of a sudden Canada wins these games or Canada starts to look really good they're you know a minus 110 or a minus 120 favorite in this game so that that's a lot of value to give up and I get why you would do that but you know I see the number and I I just I don't know it just stuck out to me I want to I want to hammer it because I just think it's a disrespectful line and Canada is a better side I think they get the result in that game but of course a lot can change between now and game day yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, yeah, it's tough. Like, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like, I agree with you. Like, buy the stock high almost because, like, right. that number will drop if Canada, like, are smoking teams. And who knows, like we said to before, like, if Canada loses their two games and there's the pride factor too. Like, Canada's never even scored a goal in the World Cup. Right. So, like, just to rack up some goals and try to get a win, like, would be kind of like, sort of a little mini moral victory for team Canada. So there's a lot of possibilities for sure. I think we have to maybe take it day by, like I'm going to personally take it day by day, but I totally agree what you guys are saying though. Yeah. The other thing you have to consider Nick is, is, you know, we were talking about Angela and I were talking about this before the podcast. We're not really even sure where things stands with, with Davies and his injury, right? Sure. Got pulled off with his hamstring a couple of weeks ago has yet to kind of really play. With, with Canada, I think they had a qual or a, a friendly with Japan um, not too yeah. long ago. So, is he going to be able to to play if he goes and we have a, a, a Sadio Mane situation where we're not sure if he's going to play, and then all of a sudden Canada announces, yeah, he's not going to be fit for at least you know the the group stage. That those now your odds probably get longer, but do you still even want the bet at that point? Right, fair enough, and you know I think Angelo's got the right mentality. Right, this is this is going to be a, a day by day. Um, you know, match day by match day kind of scenario throughout the tournament. So also, Nick, I've never known you to lock up money that far in advance for something that's as low (laughs) as plus 200. 
Yeah, but it's <laughs> I don't I don't necessarily consider it a future because it's a you know it's one game it's going to happen right. Yeah, it's, not, it's a game that's right. two and a half weeks in the future though. <laughs> but I like it a lot more than I like some of these other money line bets throughout the course of the tournament. So, all right, all right so Angela, let me get your thoughts on a couple of other bets here. Uh, talk about the top goal scorers for this team. So, I'm not talking about tournament wide, just within the team itself, uh, a couple of numbers for the top goal scorer. David is currently plus 225. Davies is plus 500. Laren plus 550. Do you like any of those three, or is there somebody else we should consider? What are your thoughts on uh, the top goal scorer and or any of these good bets to make? Well, like yeah, we were just talking about Davies, like we don't even know if he's fully fit. Like, so I'm definitely not going to be betting Davies to be the top goal scorer. Um, I want to take David, but like I just said, I'm maybe overthinking here, but like there's a lot of transfer speculation. Like he might go, I think both uh, Milan clubs are interested in Jonathan David going there. So like, I don't know if he's going to put pressure on himself, like to impress it, try to make a move to, to England or Italy or Germany. So I'm think I'm going to roll with Kyle Lauren, kind of like a little less unknown playing in, in Belgium. I'm going to take him at plus 550 to be the leading scorer. And I took a little peek at the goal scoring props for Canada versus Belgium. Uh, I'm taking anytime goal scorer, uh, Kamal Miller in the plus 750 range. He's the tallest dude on Canada. So if Canada is going to score on a set piece or on a corner kick, he might be the one to bash in a goal. So I'm, I sprinkled a little money on him and I'll probably be rolling with him all three games, just taking the tall dudes for Canada to get a goal. <laughs> Love it. I yeah. think I have to mention something here. That's like stands out to me for like the wrong reason. And the fourth shortest odds for team top goal score for Canada is no goal score at plus a thousand. That's crazy to me. They, they really don't think Canada's going to get at least one in like that. That's true. That's, that's mean to me. That's, I, I can't believe that, but I guess, uh, I guess you got to do what you got to do for the books. So, well, so wait a minute. So that will lead me into the next bet that I was looking at. Um, so we can bet the over under goals for this team for the tournament. It's currently at two and a half goals. It's at minus minus one forty. Do you think, uh, I'm sorry, that's for the over. Do you think Canada hits over uh, two and a half goals for this tournament? Oh, big time. I that I did that bet two weeks ago. That was there you go. I, I hate doing like that five stars. This is my best bet. It's a lock. It's not a lock, but I think Canada could score two goals against Belgium the first game, to be honest. Like I see a crazy first game. So I, I really love Canada over two and a half in this for that group stage. Yeah. I mean, Egypt just scored twice in, in one half against Belgium, you know, today. So mm-hmm. certainly if you get two there, that's a that's a sure thing. And then again, I, I don't that's considering all of Canada's games. So if they get past the group stage, then you get, you know, extra games there as well. So uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a really good bet. I would definitely take the over. Yeah. I love this bet as well. I think it's, you know, a minimum one goal in each game, you know, you did mention, right. They haven't been to the world cup. They haven't scored, but um, I, I think the talent is there and the defenses are going to be ripe. So this is an awesome right. bet. I'd love to hear that you locked it in because we're all on the same page here. Awesome. <laughs> And uh, just quick question, you know, you mentioned um, who you were taking for any time goal scorer in that first match. Who takes the set pieces for this team? Uh, it depends. Usually Tejon Buchanan or Steven Estacchio does. From the last games I watched, I don't know if Herman's going to change it up or not, but. Yeah. So... Estacchio sitting at plus 4,000. That almost, that feels really tempting too. 
for the team, I mean. Yeah, for the team. Team top goal scorer. Gotcha. Yeah, that's not bad. He takes the penalty kicks as well, or or we're not sure? No, I don't think he takes Um, the PKs. I think David or Davies takes the PKs, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so Angelo, any other any other bets that you've locked in already or that the listeners should be aware of around this team? Uh well for the first game Canada against Belgium, I got uh, both teams to score and I took the over two and a half. And I think throughout the tournament, I'm gonna be taking Canada on the over two and a half goals each game. Not I'm not saying like I'm gonna blindly bet it, but like yes, you barring are. any Love barring it. any injuries. I think I'm taking the over two and a half, to be honest. No, that's, uh, I mean, I'd love to hear that because Scotty and I were, were very big. I think that we, that was like probably our lock of the round um, in that, yep. in that first round, we love the over in that game as well. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we did mention that this team, uh, there was a few teams, Belgium, uh, Canada, Brazil teams that we're looking at just about every game where if the, you know, the over is two and a half, it has to be in play, right? You have to at least yeah. consider it and, until the books catch up or until, uh, you know, something happens that we haven't seen yet. These are, mm-hmm. these bets have to be considered. So this is, this is the top one. We agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. And we also took Canada plus one at plus one Oh five for that, that match. Um, so I know we know we talk about the plus one and a half maybe being, uh, a little too much juice to give up, but plus one here is plus one Oh five. I think that's a really good bet. I think they keep it close at the very least. So um, get rewarded if they, they pull a little upset and get some form of result. All right, Angelo. So the last question uh, I'll leave you with here is, um, you know, you think same with the U S right. These teams um, they're happy to be here. They have a lot of talent, uh, but we think they're ultimately building towards this next world cup, 2026. They'll be co-hosts. What do you consider to be, a successful tournament what's the minimum uh you know what are you, what are your realistic expectations and um how do you think they stack up oh uh, well not to joke here well like i said before they didn't score in 1986 so to get a few goals like this tournament would be like it's it's a start it'd be a win <laughs> it'd be some momentum for 2026 but no in all honesty i see canada like so i had them going to the next round so i see them going one one and one like one win one loss one draw getting four points. I think that's attainable for this team. I know, like, I don't want to crap on the CONCACAF teams like Mexico, USA, Costa Rica. They're good teams, but they're just Croatia and Belgium. They're just a different breed. Right. So it's going to be tough to get results, but I think they, they might catch these teams off guard. I really believe that. I'm, I'm trying not to be biased and getting all excited for Canada here, but I, I think deep down, I really, I think getting four points is obtainable for sure. And just to see the growth of these players, like this is a learning process four years from now, maybe not all 25 men are going to be on the roster, but it's a growing experience. And you have that locker room presence, like say Davies and David, they know what it takes to play in a world cup. So just it's like valuable experience. You can't buy this world cup that leads to 2026 to me. Yeah, I think uh, Nick and I will be out in Vegas this weekend. And based on what you just said, I, I might just have to place an emotional hedge bet for you on this uh, team top goal scorer, no goal scorer, just in case. Because if that <laughs> happens, I, I I don't know if I'd be able to 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 live with myself. So at the very least, if that does happen, if if Canada somehow get blanked in all three matches, then maybe there's at least a little a uh, little cash that we can kind of send your way as a that's uh, it, man. We'll share wipe your you. tears. <laughs> Thanks. 
Well, yeah, the American exchange is uh, really good for a Canadian dollar, so it's yeah, okay. for me. <laughs> Even better. Oh, man. <laughs> Angelo, thank you so much, dear, for coming on. This was awesome. Um, please just tell the listeners where they could find you. This man is putting out winning picks all the time. Uh, we, we collaborate from time to time, so mm-hmm. we appreciate you for sure. Just let everybody know what you're doing, where you're at, and how they can find you. Oh, well, it's a little slow for me now. Because I write for pickwise.com. So their website, they give picks for everything, hockey, basketball, all that. So I'm a MLS writer for them. So now if the MLS season, why did, well, it's over now. So basically season will start in February. So I'll just keep it low for now, but I'll be definitely playing a lot of games in the World Cup. And you can find me on Twitter at hasapicks.com. If Twitter's around after this weekend, <laughs> I don't know. And yeah, that's about it. And I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun to talk some soccer and hopefully we get some winners and cash your bets. Absolutely, man. Count on that. And you are welcome back anytime. We'll get some MLS stuff going next year. We definitely appreciate you. And uh, guys, if you haven't listened already, we have already previewed the group stage. We've given out futures. We've previewed the entirety of match day one and we did the United States. So uh, follow Kicks and Picks for all of your World Cup betting needs. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon.